Welcome to the Next Level Leadership Small Business Owner Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Vizanar. In this podcast, you'll learn the strategies, processes, and mindset to take you, your teams, and your organization to the next level. show. I'm your host, Ben Vizanal, and today's show is all about going green. In particular, can or should small businesses go green? Can they afford to go green? How do they go green? Well, we tackle all of those questions on today's episode. And today's guest is Anka Novakovic. Anka is a speaker, author, mentor, and founder of EcoCoach Incorporated. They are a Washington, D.C.-based environmental sustainability firm that assists organizations to grow their top and bottom line by going green. Now, if you're like me, when you first heard or you hear the term go green, small business, etc., you automatically think expensive, can't afford to do it, don't know where to begin, it's going to kill my bottom line. Well, we tackle all of those issues and Anka teaches us that not only should you go green and can you go green, but it might actually put a few dollars back in your pocket and affect your bottom line in a positive way. And with that, let's listen in on the conversation. Anka, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Excellent. So, and for those of our listeners that don't know who you are and who it is that you serve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, absolutely. So, I um, have a sustainability company that is based out of Washington, D.C., and I work with businesses, nonprofits, and government agencies kind of of all sizes to support their going green um, and environmental sustainability efforts. And it's really um, my focus is on the triple bottom line of people, planet, and profit with the understanding that unless a business is profitable or unless there are some financial benefits to going green and sustainability, it won't make sense for a business to adapt it. It's not going to be a priority. So I really focus on identifying the uh, benefits to the business that are going to translate to bottom line results, as well as obviously then uh, help the planet and the community. Awesome. So you said three P's. Give us those three P's again. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, the people, planet, and profit. People, planet, and profit. I definitely want to dig into that uh, pretty deep. And I just want to say when you reached out to me, and, and I just never, you know, I'll give you a little side story real quick. My wife has an environmental degree, and she's a, I wouldn't what I call an environmentalist, but she's obviously very uh, conscious about what we're doing to the planet. So I, I have a little of that that I live with, to say the least, but I've never really <laughs> thought about, I never thought about how small businesses can be more uh, green or be more, you know, do, do low-impact type stuff. And my wife does some environmental work uh, you know, as, as, as a profession you know so I, I know some of the verbiage when we talk about low impact and sustainability but i never thought about it when we talk about small businesses everyone hears about the large businesses i know that you know the coke corporation and dasani in particular they're doing some things with their bottling that are uh to be more low impact how how can and before we get really i guess well maybe maybe we should start with the, the three p's what is what do you do when we talk about people and planning and that things what is what does that mean exactly let's dig into that a little bit so 
basically when um, when I'm looking at an organization and speaking with them around sustainability, um, you know, I really want to highlight the importance that sustainability can play for their business as uh, positioning them, um, positioning their brand and enhancing their brand performance and attracting new clients and growing sales as opposed to, you know, being a tree hugger, which, you know, has, <laughs> it's like there's, you know, there's a different connotation, but when you're, when you're in business and I, you know, my background is MBA. I was, I did some management consulting um, for a while. And so I come from the, you know, the mindset that in order for this to make sense, it has to be financially viable. So that's really when I focus on this. So the, um, the, the, people side and the planet side are, so it's a three-legged stool, right? Traditionally, you look at a small business or any business and you want to look at the bottom line, it needs to be financially sustainable. And here, what I'm saying is essentially, you need to also make sure that your uh, staff is happy, right? So you have reduced turnover, you have decreased absenteeism, you have increased productivity. And there are different ways that you can use going green to get to that, to those goals. Um, you want to positively impact your community and your partners because they're the ones who are supporting you to kind of get to the next level as a small business. And um, impacting the planet that we live in um, or on uh, is, is kind of, uh, you know, something that we're increasingly becoming. There's an increasing awareness that this is something that we need to uh, – take into consideration when we are acting as a business owner or as a business manager because um, because your customers are asking for it, because investors are looking at it, uh, because your partners and your vendors are also looking into it. Well, and I think that, and you kind of hit on it, when we talk about people, it's something that gets lost in the, in the conversation. There's a lot of large organizations that that's sort of part of their mission. You know, when you look at Patagonia and some other large companies, they hire people that have that, that passion to carry that banner. And, and I, I think small businesses don't think that they can have, you know, a similar mission. And I don't see really why they can't. So, and that, and that does definitely one hand washes the other. That definitely lowers your turnover. If you have a, a mission as an organization, even if you're a small organization, if, if you hire the people that, that are passionate about the same things you're passionate about and that that's part of the company's mission, then when times get tough or they have, you know, uh, I guess, you know, performance issues where it may be, they still, they don't want to quit on you. Like you said, it, it lowers your turnover because they believe in the cause. Are you seeing a lot of that when you're out, you know, doing what you do? Um, I have. I have definitely seen. So um, there's actually one uh, IT startup that I um, was working with recently who um, was basically as a startup, if you're working in a startup, you're working long hours most of the time. And so once they started looking at sustainability, people got excited because there was something else that the company was doing that was um, kind of outside of its, you know, the, the services that they were offering um, that had meaning for them. And so they were more excited to put in those long hours because it was also a company that they were, you know, believe that they believed in. 
I agree with that. that I think sense? that, uh, yeah, no, I, exactly. I think, like I said, that there's, I hate to use the word mission or cause, but, you know, when there's something that the people are passionate about and the company is passionate about it, then there's a synergy that sort of happens. Uh, so when times are tough, whether it be external, you know, times that are tough or internal times that are tough, you find that people have a little bit thicker skin and they continue with you. Uh, so I get the people part, and then we talk about the planet. I think that's um, that, that's we'll talk about. I think about maybe some tactics or strategies when we talk about the planet here in a minute. When we get into the really how these small companies can do their part, but the profit part. How does how does one go about making sure that they can do the right thing by the planet? I guess maybe that more, those are kind of they overlap a little bit, um, and still you know turn a profit. Because I think when we when when someone says go green to me, and I know they. You know, I'm sure you probably get that deer in the headlights look a lot too. I I don't I don't think that we can do it. Or I'm sure you probably get this a lot. I don't think that we can do it and still make a profit. How how are you approaching those kind of conversations and what tactics are you using to to help companies do both, go green and be profitable? Well, that's that's actually a great question, and that's one of the the main kind of concerns that I hear from, um, especially from smaller businesses and smaller organizations, because the, the idea is, oh, well, it's it's going to cost a lot. What's what's going to be my return on investment, right? And so, what I'll do, depending on the project, is walk them through either a case study if it's something that we've done in the past, or I will kind of give them kind of back of the napkin an example of here's what your costs could be and here's what your long-term benefits could be. Now, that being said, some projects, so you have some projects, um, sustainability projects that um, lend themselves to, you know, to an easy ROI calculation. Like if you're looking at energy costs, right, or if you're looking at waste, there's some pretty clear expenses that you're looking at and um, that you can play around with to see what your potential, um, you know, return on investment would be. There are other things like, for example, having, you know, a, an, an Earth Day fair, just to, to pick a, an example, and educating your staff around going green and getting them to change their behavior. That can be a little bit tougher in terms of the ROI. So what I suggest is usually for small businesses to start with something that's more quantifiable and then move forward. So really, um, you know, let's get the example of uh, lowering your energy costs if you own the building or if you um, are looking to reduce your energy costs and want to have a conversation with your uh, with the owner or property manager that about kind of how that could translate into cost savings for for you in terms of, of your lease. Um, then, then there are things that you can do from doing some retrofits where, by the way, you can use some, you might be able to use some utility rebates or you might be able to use uh, some state and local rebates where so that to offset some of the costs. You can do a retrofit and then start saving money around energy. You can start tracking it um, pretty easily, even using the Energy Star. Um, energy Star has a free tool where you can just enter your energy data and get a get a, a score. And and then you can all and and you also can look at how much you're saving over time, right? So when you're doing that, let's say you know the retrofit is gonna it's going to save you. I don't, I mean, I don't want to kind of throw an example in because I haven't run through the, the cost calculations, but, uh, you know, a retrofit could easily, or just turning off the lights 
could actually have a huge impact. You know, one uh, one example that I was uh, looking at recently is like you turn off the in a ten person office, you turn off your monitors if they, when they're not in use, right? Um, and it, a small office can save up to five hundred dollars a year, right? So that's a small step. It doesn't take a lot of money, a lot of initial investment, but you can start saving, right? So, and, and that depends obviously on your energy costs and and a lot of different factors. But um, so there are things that you can do and that you can get started with that are low cost and that don't take a lot of effort and where you can start seeing the savings. And once you start building, you kind of build a small project on small project. And then you gain momentum and then you can take some of that money if you are saving, which you most likely would be if you're kind of looking at energy, if you're looking at waste, take that money and then start redirecting it or part of it towards some bigger going green project. Okay. Do you, and just, uh, you talked about retrofitting. For, for those that don't know the verbiage and the terminology that you use, what is retrofitting exactly? So retrofitting um, could mean anything from changing. From uh, so, if you have a building, you can change the light bulbs. You can uh, change some of the equipment. Um, kind of the you can have a literally when you do a retrofit, you can actually you know tear down a part of that building and and change it. So one one example would be um, you know. You, you can tear down some walls of office so you have more natural light. So then you're able to, more people are able to use natural light as opposed to using um, overhead lights. And natural light has been shown to increase productivity. It's been shown to increase sales. Um, so, you know, that that sort of thing. But, you know, retrofit is kind of looking at the building and it can be something that when you're looking at, at, at cost, you're like, wow, this could be, you know, this could be a lot, like changing all our light bulbs can be a lot. So maybe you don't want to start there. Maybe you just want to start with with <laughs> literally turning off your, your computer monitors, right? Or maybe you want to do a uh, recycling challenge over two weeks um, and, and you see kind of how much people are recycling and help them reduce the recycling, uh, help them reduce the, the uh, waste to landfill and increase the recycling rate, and then you can reduce the number of waste pickups. And ideal, so a lot of times, kind of as an aside with the recycling, um, a lot of businesses will be recycling, but their bins aren't full when they get picked up. If you're doing a recycling challenge, you change that, your bins get full, and then your waste bins are empty or MTR, then you can reduce the number of pickups and that reduces your cost, your waste costs, while still keeping the recycling costs the same. So there's stuff that you can do, you could play around with, where you can get um, savings uh, in different areas, kind of reducing resource use or looking at your procurement. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So that makes sense. Now, there's something that you brought up that I've never heard of. Now, you said Energy Star. What is Energy Star exactly? So Energy Star is a program by run by the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and it is a government program. It's free, and you may have seen the Energy Star label on um, 
either equipment, either office equipment, or even, let's say, um, a washer or a dryer. Actually, I don't think they have um, Energy Star dryers. But, you know, um, and it, it basically means that your equipment is energy efficient. So that's the label for buildings. You can get an Energy Star label for a building, and uh, that means that your building is performs at a higher rate, is more energy efficient than buildings that are the same um, across. And it's, it's really the United States. I mean, this is also used in Canada, but um, mainly around, across the United States. Okay, and you said they can go in, so do they have to buy the software? Is there like a website they can go into? And it's just, energy, just yes, so it's energystar.gov. Cool, I'll make sure I put that in the notes for sure. Yes, so, absolutely. So do you, and let do me, you and, go and in? Actually, sorry, I was just going to, I, go I mentioned rebates earlier, and there's a, mm-hmm. a website that I would recommend that people check out if they're looking at kind of um, efficiency and renewables. It is, and I may, uh, I may need to, to kind of, uh, send you the link, but it's the database of state incentives for renewables and efficiency. And basically you can go and it's dsireus.org, I believe. Um, but basically you can go in there and you can click on your state and see what rebates there are, uh, at the commercial and at the residential level for any, any sort of um, energy-related um, actions that you might want to take. Okay, awesome. Definitely send me that link. I'll put that in the show notes for those of our, our listeners that are driving. They don't have to try and stop and write this down and crash. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Everybody calm down. So, so we, 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 now we know kind of some of the process. So what do you do? Do you, do you find that, I guess, do organizations reach out to you and have you come in or do you, or do you go out and do education or what's, what's the process look like when a company wants to go green or be more energy efficient? How does that, how does that look like? What does that look like? I should say. So usually they, they would reach out to me. And, um, honestly, when I've, the way that I've worked, um, has been largely just word of mouth or, um, when, individuals at different organizations have, you know, either seen me speak or um, it, it's been kind of a referral-based business. And basically, um, if you kind of think of like done for you versus done with you, those different models, um, I will go in and my colleagues will go in and typically, if it's a new project, we'll go through a sustainability checklist. So I have a checklist where I'll look through and identify across a variety of areas such as energy, water, waste, procurement, your products and services, your training and overall kind of organizational uh, culture, identify what you're doing or and then kind of out of that you'll will bubble up some potential projects or areas of focus and then ideally, um, uh, you know, this is kind of the ideal case is we kind of look at the uh, strategy and where you want to go long-term with the business. And we will pick a project to start off with and obviously what your budget is and your time uh, time frame that is aligned with your long-term um, or and or short-term goals so that that project 
kind of supports and furthers those goals as opposed to it being a one-off. Because long-term, what we want to do is we want to incorporate sustainability into your organizational culture. So that's the done for you. And one of the things that I've actually been doing because I've gotten feedback from smaller businesses that um, it, you know, it's, it can be expensive to hire a consultant, um, and a lot of times businesses' priorities shift, so they might not be able to – they start a project and might need to kind of put it on the back burner for a while and then come back and what have you. Um, I've also uh, developed a kind of a done-with-you program, which um, I'm actually going to be launching soon, which is basically enables them to do it on their own, um, online. They can go online. There are different modules. There are different videos. There are a bunch of worksheets. And there is a weekly coaching call with me. It's a group coaching call with all the organizations that are involved in it. So they can ask questions and kind of share ideas with, with their peers. And the idea here is that that makes it more accessible. You can also do it on your own timeline as opposed to, you know, having a consultant saying, hey, I'm I'm waiting for you to get me those background documents so I can get started, <laughs> right? And you're kind of trying to put out a fire. Um, and so that, I'm really excited about that because I think that's going to create more change faster um, around kind of sustainability and implementing that. And I really believe that sustainability and going green is a competitive advantage for small businesses. You know, obviously the larger businesses are doing it because it makes business sense. They're not, I mean, yeah, I'm sure now they, yes, they care about the environment, but really they wouldn't be doing it unless it doesn't make business sense. Right. So you mentioned, um, I think Coca-Cola and Dasani and, you know, Coca-Cola has looked at, at, at like water and uh, that's, <laughs> Without water, they would be they would be out of business, right? So it's in their right. best interest, right, to uh, to make sure. And, and there are water shortages kind of throughout the world, so it's in their best interest to recycle water, purify it, and be able to you know identify ways that they can uh, make the most of it because the price of water is going up in a lot of areas. And I, I know in the U.S. in some areas we're not feeling it, but in other areas, you know, people are feeling it. So. Sure. Um, well, you, you, you touched on a lot of things. So I want to stop, stop or pause for a second and talk about this program you have. So have you, you're, you already have a link for that or you already launched or you said you're getting ready to launch that? I am getting ready to launch that. Um, I can send you a link to or I will send you a link to we're basically doing kind of an intro webinar. And if people are interested, then we can, you know, we can have them. Uh, they can join the program. So I will share that with you. Definitely share that um, with me. And I think that's, yeah, I think there's a few things, and correct me if I'm wrong, that stop people. For one, I think small business-wise, I don't believe they think they can make an impact. But I would argue the fact, obviously, as we know, 53% of all Americans are employed by a small business. So there's, you know, and there's a bunch of different numbers. I hear there's 23 million and 28 million small businesses in the U.S. There's a ton of them. And if we could just get a small portion of them doing their part, I think we would see, you know, dramatic changes or dramatic steps, at least, moving in the right direction for for our planet's uh, well-being. And so I, I I think that what you're doing with, you know, a, and I know that it's a cost that is incurred with everything that we do, but I think that's a big barrier for a lot of people. Like you said, I think you already touched on with the cost of hiring a consultant. It's a huge, the, the price of entry is expensive. 
but they want to do their part and they need to do their part because again there's so many small businesses so i think that program is fantastic um so i definitely want you to send me that link and i definitely want to put that out there and see if we can't get some traction on that so small businesses we've already answered the question can go green and they can do their part above the the profit part i know that you know reducing waste and cutting expenses is always a uh, a nice way to, to increase your bottom line and you also touched on the fact that uh, you know like the larger companies are doing it because they, you know there's a client that's out there that wants to see you doing your part and so there's there's an a whole new customer base that opens up for you so besides those reasons you know are there, what else can you throw in the fire right if you're making money and customers are going you know, to open up your client base those two reasons alone should should generate some buzz around why people want to do this from a small business standpoint but besides those two what other reasons should a small business and I'm, I'm kind of putting you on the spot why should they why should they care about going green so i think um one of the other things that, that i don't think i mentioned is attracting top talent um if you uh and especially as a small business there's studies that are uh that have come out there that have come out that essentially say that the millennials and the Gen Zers, and I, I, if I recall correctly, I think it was the Nielsen report around the millennials saying that they are willing to take um, a lower paying job if it's for a company that whose mission they believe in. So basically, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at potentially talent that might have been out of your budget range that may be willing to work for you because they're excited about what you're doing and because they believe in kind of the values that your business represents. So that's one thing. And the other thing, and um, you kind of touched on it, is uh, the brand, the brand performance. And, and there are a lot of studies and, and actually a lot of larger businesses are doing this because of brand positioning, because it uh, builds goodwill and trust. And, you know, in the relationship economy, that is key for customers and for clients, right? B2B or B2C, or I should say the other way around, is it is key to have that trust and that goodwill. Um, and there are also studies that have shown that if you have that trust as a green company, as a sustainable company, if, if there's a blip, if something goes wrong, people already trust you. And if you're transparent and clear about it, there's less, likely to be kind of a an, an mass exodus of, of customers, right? I mean, not ideally, it depends on what you do, right? <laughs> like um, yeah. ethically. But um, so there's more, you have a little bit more cushion. Like if you screw up, if you know, if you put out a product that isn't quite perfect, well, okay, they're going to take into account the fact that you are um, you're trying to improve it. You're trying to make it more eco-friendly, and so they're going to give you a little bit more leeway. And the the other thing too is depending on the industry and the product, customers are also willing uh, to pay more. I mean, it's you know studies show between ten to twenty percent more on uh, green products. So right then and there, you can kind of think of okay, uh, what new products could we offer, services that are green? So sustainability also spurs innovation and kind of helps you within those constraints think about things differently so that maybe you can come up with a new product or a new service that is, um, you know, not only offers your customers what they're looking for in terms of, you know, what your 
overall, you know, objective is and mission, but also um, that supports the environment. Okay, so 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 we got increased brand visibility, uh, return on investment. We've got you know a commitment and a culture from our employees, reduced turnover, maybe even a reduced payroll expenses overall. Mm-hmm. To me, I can't see a reason why why a small business wouldn't want to get involved in this. So what what do you think? And I'm going to kind of put you in the, on the hot seat again. Why do you think a lot of small businesses, what, what's stopping them? What's the barrier or the obstacle that's holding them from, from say, reaching out to someone like you or even going out on their own and doing the research and starting a go green agenda within their organization? What's stopping them from doing that? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> well, I think part of it is they're not aware of all of these benefits. That's a really big one because when I speak with, um, with small businesses, with small organizations, you know, after we get past the, Hey, it doesn't have to cost a lot. uh, You know, they had no idea. They had heard of it. It's like, Oh, going green is fine. You know, it's a fad. It's by the way, it's not a fad. It's something that, you know, larger businesses are doing and it's trickling down and it's an expectation pretty, you know, it's pretty much an expectation now, but, um, they don't understand, they don't know that they there's so many benefits to going green, right? They think of it as an add-on. Okay, this is going to take me away from my day-to-day. This is going to take me away from me making money in my business. So I don't have time for it. So right then and there, because they don't see the benefits, it adds ad- additional stress, right? Because you're adding another project on top of, of an already really long to-do list, right? And you're, you know, even if you've gotten past the cost, then you're like, okay, I don't have time to do this. But when you kind of look at it through the lens of, you know what, what are the long terms of your business, long-term goals for your business? And um, how can this help you? Because my guess is that one of your long-term goals is probably to grow sales or attract clients, right? Or enhance your brand. So right then and there, um, going green is there to support you. So it's not a one-off. A project that is focused on sustainability or on going green can be something that can be incorporated into kind of the, the workflow and into kind of your top priorities. Well, and, and I was going to say, you, you, you already answered it, but I was, I was going to say probably the two things to me at the top of my list I would say is fear. You know, they don't do it out of fear. Uh, and the other one is obviously lack of knowledge, lack of education. I, and I, I think I, I kind of started the conversation with that. I, when I hear sustainability or going green or low-impact design, I automatically think expensive. Right? I can't afford yeah. to do this, whatever this, this agenda is. And I think, you know, as, as we've dug into this, people would see that it's not only cost neutral sometimes, but it's actually, you know, there's a return on investment in this, you know, some indirect or some direct cost, you know, why wouldn't you do it? Go educate yourself, reach out to someone such as yourself and, and find out what, what can I do, you know, what, what can I do for my part? What's my contribution? And if you happen to get a little something out of it, then that's not a bad thing either. So I think, I think it's a lot, a lot of lack of education. People just, uh, and maybe it started years ago, decades ago, when you know, when we started talking about going green, it was really expensive. But there are so many organizations doing it, and so many different ways to get involved. Uh, it can be really low cost. It doesn't have to be expensive. 
to do your part. Yeah, and That's- and what you said it, it just um, is so on point is that you know when I started out 13 years ago, things were expensive. If you were to look at you know you didn't have the staples and um, you know, the Home Depots of the world offering green products, right? You had some high-end offerings from select vendors, and maybe the quality of those offerings weren't all that great. So you're paying more, and it's not necessarily, you know, worth the money. But now it really is mainstream. And so the cost, is, for the most part, it's cost competitive. And um, you have more choices and you have more vendors to work with. So, yeah, absolutely. It's changed a lot over the last, yeah, 13, 15 years. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So I know we're kind of wrapping up here because we're getting short on time. Before we go, is there anything else that you think our listeners might be interested in or that you maybe we've glazed over that you want to talk about? Well, I think the the thing that I would encourage um, everyone listening to do is to kind of you, you know, think about just one project, one simple thing that you could do at work to get started. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. So what I would love um, to be a key takeaway is that, you know, um, don't procrastinate about this. Take action now because you will reap the benefits and reaping the benefits internally in terms of potential savings of happier colleagues and uh, externally as you communicate it and market it to your customers and clients and other stakeholders. So yeah, just get started. Don't, you know, don't let all those, all those ideas in your head, <laughs> put them aside and just start with one project. <laughs> Take action. And, and it starts simple. Like you said, take, just take one thing and start there and then see how it goes. And I, I, w- I would probably be willing to say I would guarantee you that if you started something small and simple, before you know it, you got a huge snowball on your hands and it's just rolling and it's a good kind of snowball. So awesome. Well, Anka, for our listeners, how, if they want to reach out to you or connect with you, how do they find you? What's a good place for them to reach out to you? They can reach out to me uh, via email. If they want to email me directly, they can uh, reach out at anka at eco-coach.com. So it's A-N-C-A at eco-coach.com. Or they can go to the website, eco-coach.com, and definitely fill out the contact form or find out more, um, just kind of the services we offer. There's a list of, a partial list of some clients. So you can kind of get an idea of who we've worked with and, um, yeah, I think that's that's the great starting point. Awesome. Make sure you send me those those links as well when you send me those uh, that link list. So it's, we're gonna have a lot of links in this particular show notes, <laughs> but I think it's I think it's all good stuff. Excellent. Well, Anka, thank you so much for joining us today. I've learned a lot, and we really I, we have to have you back. I think at some point because I think there was there's just too much to talk about when we talk about going green, and a 30 minute <laughs> episode is not enough time. But thank you for being with us today. It's been such a pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much for having me. It it, it was a pleasure. It was all ours. And for our listeners out there, I hope that you learned at least one thing that will help take you to the next level. Hey, thanks for listening today. For more episodes, make sure to click the subscribe button below and check out our blog for other impactful information that might be of interest to you at visanotconsulting.com forward slash blog. That's Visanaw, V as in victory, E-Z, 
inaconsulting.com slash blog. If you have a question or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, you can email us at podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. That's podcast at vizanaconsulting.com. I'm your host, Ben Vizana, and I'll see you next time on the Next Level Leadership and Small Business Owner Show.